Hi friend, did you know that Finder Flow TV is now available on Roku? That's right, simply open up your Roku device and search for Finder Flow TV and then you can download the channel and start watching right away. There's nature videos with peaceful music and new TV shows that are peaceful and awesome and positive and flowing. So go ahead and get it today. And now on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is Captain's Log, May 18th, 2022. That's right, Captain's Log, May 18th, 2022. And it has been a while since I've done a show. It's been even longer since I published a show. I actually did record a captain's log a few weeks ago, but I didn't publish it, so I kind of failed because the idea with the captain's log is that I record, I publish it quickly after I record, so it's as close to real time as I can get it, but I, I lagged on that. So this is another update or another captain's log, and hopefully I'll get this one and the last one published tonight. That'll be my goal. I'm on my way to pick up the little man from school, and it's been a busy and exciting and interesting few weeks since the last time we spoke, and it's really hot. So, sorry, now i got to focus. I'm driving. There's cars coming from both directions. I'm going to go for it. All right. All right, friend. I hope you're doing well. How are you? How have you been? What's going on in your world? Sweet. So that's cool. Right on. I got a new job. What? Yeah. Yeah, friend. I have been looking to figure out the next chapter in my life. What do I want to do? I left. California about six months ago, me and the wife and the kids. And I'm also going to try driving to Ethan's school a different route. So I'm not going to be on my mental autopilot, which is is an easy flow state for me and easily allows me to podcast because I know that route very well. I don't have to think about it at all. I'm going to go a different route. So I may have to engage the mind a little bit more often in that realm so please bear with me but i'm doing it for a number of reasons which i won't get into right now but anyway so when we left san diego part of that involved me leaving my job which was a great job i really enjoyed it i held that job for about five and a half almost six years and I was an internet marketing consultant for businesses, specifically real estate investor businesses across the United States. That was really, really exciting and fun. I love working with business owners and entrepreneurs. I love real estate. I love internet marketing, digital marketing. And when I left that situation, that company, I was kind of in a place where it's like, well, what do I want to do? What am I doing with finderflow.com? 
with the podcast, with the book series, with all these different programs I'm developing and putting out there and where do I want to go? And one of the things that I realized, and so I was kind of looking at all these different options, like, oh, well, maybe I'll do marketing for other people, uh, for, or, you know, I'll get marketing clients, right, and do marketing. Oh, wow. Sorry, some crazy happening. Lady just swung around and uh, came into my lane. She's oncoming traffic just came in. That was just a little hectic. Um, so, you know, should I get marketing clients and build an agency, a marketing agency? And I pursued that pretty heavily for a while. I was really thinking, like, that's what I want to do. But I was also looking, one of the big epiphanies I had with my last getting a job at that last company was, hey, getting a job can actually be awesome. I've always been very entrepreneurial minded and always done my own thing. By and large, I've had little side hustles here that that are jobs to finance certain other projects and businesses and stuff I built. But I did, I was very resistant towards getting a full-time job. And one day, a couple of things like aligned for me. One was this quote, I was attributing it incorrectly to Barbara Corin, the uh, shark investor from Shark Tank, but it, apparently it's actually, it was um, Lori Granger that said it, and it has to do with this idea that an entrepreneur is someone who will work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week, and what that kind of means, or at least the way I interpreted it, was, you know, an investor, or I'm sorry, an entrepreneur will work 80 hours a week for themselves so that they can avoid getting a day job, a nine to five, 40 hours a week, right? And I that really resonated with me, but not in a good way necessarily. It was kind of like, I mean, I'm sure at some point, actually for many years, that would have resonated with me and been like inspirational. Like, yeah, that's right. I'll work 80 hours a week so I can do it for myself and not for someone else. But at that point in my life, I got to the point, we had some major financial, a major financial setback due to health reasons that, um, that Elena went through and medical, you know, expenses and blah, blah, blah. And it was just hectic. And then we had a kid. And then, uh, you know, once we had the second kid roll around, it's like, man, um, for the first kid, gosh, I can't keep dates straight, but it was just a lot. And I was, I was at the point where I was tired of keeping all the plates spinning in the air. And I was, I had this and it hit me as like, I was looking for clients. I started doing marketing to get some new clients. Some new marketing clients and it occurred to me it's like well if i just got one big marketing client that paid me a lot of money each month maybe it wouldn't be as much as if i got a bunch of littler clients and you know piled those up and had a full-on agency however i wouldn't be running around always you know getting all these different clients and doing that wearing all these different hats i could just sort of wear one or two hats if i had one big client and that occurred to me then it's that's kind of like a job having a job is kind of like having one big client that buys was buying my time in bulk and that was a mind shift and an epiphany for me that that ended up being hugely beneficial in my life and so i wanted to share that with you i, I didn't know i was going to share that with you today but here we are so that was one thing and so now so when i moved and we I left that position I was kind of in a position like well where what am I going to do now am I going to build a marketing agency am I going to get a marketing job 
And I was thinking in terms of for Finder Flow and the, the movement and the direction I want to take it, what I really want to do, like the, the next piece of the puzzle for me to build it in the, the dream way that I want to build it involves me getting very good at paid ads. And yeah, I could hire someone to pay to drive traffic for me and buy traffic for me. But as a marketer, that's, I don't know, that's the part where it's like, yeah, I could do that, but that's really something I want in my own tool belt. That's something that is something I want to get good at for my own creative purposes, to be able to create something and know how to drive traffic and make it sell automatically. I want to be able to complete that circuit and that process myself. And the challenge I was having with that is like, okay, I'm pretty good at it. I've invested in trainings. I know how to do it from a high level. I've definitely guided many people through it, but I personally haven't run other people's ads for years. For I used to do it for a couple of different companies, $500 a month here, a couple thousand dollars a month here, but it's been many, many years. And the thing was, we would often get busy, like flooded with leads and then, okay, that's it. Let's turn it off kind of thing. Like we couldn't ever handle the lead flow that was generated from it. And so I, as I was going out and trying to get a job with something that would teach me or allow me to really spend a lot of time and energy getting really good at that specific piece of it, they, all these jobs, all these employers wanted to see my past experience with it. Well, how much ad spend have you managed? How let's see your ad campaigns. It's like, well, I could show them my campaigns, but they weren't that big ad spends. They weren't that impressive in terms of like an agency would have me do. You know, I don't know if I'm going right darn away. I better pay attention to what I'm doing here. So in terms of flow and getting kind of meta, what are you doing, friend? Jeez Louise. Okay, wave. That's cool. Makes waves you realize that what you just did was insane and put us all in jeopardy. That's cool though. If you wave and smile, it goes a long way. It really does. That's the flow, <laughs> social flow. I'm driving in a place I'm not really familiar with. I'm still new to Texas. I vaguely know my way around and I'm headed to my kid's school going a new route, like I said. And so takes me a little bit more mental focus. Why did I do this? Because I said I wasn't going to get into reasons, but we might as well. I don't know. Dang it. I don't want to turn on my GPS and use my phone because I'm recording with my phone. This is this is where I'm not in the, I'm in the flow in the sense of the grander scheme of things. Yes, this is flowing. This is all part of a grander lesson that hopefully I can share with you. In terms of the you know, more micro, there are rays of sun. Like I can see all the rays of sun coming down from the sky, from the sky. Wood Creek. Uh, west. Yeah, I feel like I'm off route here. Life is sometimes feeling like one is off route. Yes? No? I felt like I was off route when I was trying to get a job. I didn't know what I was trying to do didn't know what I was trying to accomplish. Like why I've never had trouble getting work before in my life. I've always been able to say, oh, this is what I want to do. And then I create the job for myself. I've always done that. And it's always been relatively quick and easy. 
So this experience of like taking six months was really frustrating and scary, to be honest. We were burning through savings and that was not a fun thing to do. That is not a fun experience for myself personally or for my wife. And so I had to get clear, like, what am I trying to do? And I went on all these applicate, uh, all these uh, interviews. I filled out literally hundreds of applications, and I got some interviews. And it was like, ah, it wasn't a good match, you know. It's like, for whatever reason, Pro- possibly partly because I wasn't really clear about what I was trying to do. Right? I was kind of going in these different directions. And then I got really clear. And it's like, you know what? We're because I got this one job offer, and I was really close to taking it because the money could have the potential for the money was really, really good, and it was something I could have done. And I know I could have crushed it and made really good money, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. But it was close, right? And that was the 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 thing was like it was like, well, this is a high. If you've heard of like high ticket skills or um, high income skills. I think it's the phrase that Dan Locke uses. And it's like, okay, I have one of my high income skills is sales. You know, I can sell high ticket items and I'm really good at it and I can sell a lot and I can grind all day and all night and week and, you know, make good money doing that. I've already developed those skills. I spent years and years developing my salesmanship and sales skills. However, that that's not what I want to do. And it's not going to move my bigger picture career forward because I already have those skills. And it's not, and yeah, on the one hand, I would get a lot of money and I could then reinvest that and use that to buy ads and afford to screw up essentially um, with Find Your Flow, you know, as I just have plenty of income to, to burn on it. It wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And so I turned down the job and I had regret. I had a regret right afterwards, like, dang it, you know what, maybe I should just take it, and, you know, so I, I reached back out to the guy, and basically said, like, hey, would you consider hiring me as a salesperson, or as your, yeah, account manager salesperson, but also teaching me the paid ads management side, and his email back was basically, like, well, no, <laughs> Too bad we couldn't. Too bad you weren't, we weren't what you were looking for, and I could afford to pay somebody to do that for four bucks an hour, kind of thing was his like response. So I was kind of like, "Whoa, it sucks," because I had really good rapport with the guy. I felt like you know he was a really cool dude, and I really wanted to work for him. Like I would have been excited to work for him, but um, you know I understand he was maybe hurt or upset that I didn't take the offer. And uh, whatever. And so I told Elena about it, and she's just like, oh, wow, well, good thing you didn't go for that guy. Sounds like you would have turned into kind of a jerky guy. And I was kind of like, whoa, you know, that's an interesting perspective. Maybe she's right. Maybe I was, yeah, you know, maybe that was something that um, would have come out later. But regardless, the moral of the story, I think, or what I took away from it, was that good is the enemy of great is one of the the morals. Good is the enemy of great. Meaning, like, if you have something that's good, sometimes it's like, 
well, I'm not going to try harder for this or, oh, I'm going to just let that be because it's good. Good is good enough. And there, there's that saying in entrepreneurship for sure. And in business building and marketing and so many things like good is good enough. Just get it out there. Get, get something going because something is way better than nothing. And you can adjust as you go. But sometimes it can be good is the enemy of great where it's like, okay, well, if you want great income or you want a great life, you got to you got to give up the good to go for the great. You only have so much time or energy or resources or whatever, and you can't you can't have both, right? And that's kind of what I felt like is like, yeah, this would be good, like the money would be great, but is there something more that? Gosh darn it, where am I? Ah, friend, <laughs> I know where I am, kind of, sort of. At least I recognize this main street, but I'm definitely not where I'm trying to go. I think I overshot it. So I have to consciously engage with my physical reality to get my physical body and car to where I'm trying to go. I often prefer to be in my head cerebral and introverted and conceptual and especially when I'm mind flowing with the podcast right here, right? Yet I had to disengage because I did not have the system in place to get me there even without thinking. And had I turned on my GPS on my phone, it actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it would have worked fine while I'm podcasting, and yet I did not do it. So there's a lesson there. I I rushed it, perhaps, or I, yeah, I think rushed it, like I could have done it. I, I didn't want to think about it at the moment. I was just like, oh, I'll figure it out. But now here I am driving around, which on the one hand, if I want to be positive, gives me more time to talk to you. But if I want to be pragmatic and uh, sensitive to my kid, now I'm running later than I would have liked to pick him up. I should have already been there and picked him up. Okay, so life, life choices. Anyway, oh, there's a pirate ship there in the grass, which I've never noticed before a neat area they're building very fast here we're about 45 minutes east of dallas country elena calls it the country i don't think it's the country i like it I mean, and not that the country's bad but i like this density of people and stores and whatnot and our little one ethan is just like says wherever there's grass buildings grow he said that and it made me so sad because one of the things I love about it out here and one of the reasons I wanted to be in this area was because like I've lived in suburbs and city and whatnot pretty much my whole life and it's like I was just so over it. I'm so over being in the hustle and bustle and like so many people around and nature where we were was far away in San Diego and San Diego is beautiful don't get me wrong but like to be around a bunch of trees and not a bunch of people I would have had to travel decently far and it wasn't really practical to do on a regular basis and so I really wanted to have nature ideally in our backyard literally I wanted to buy like acres but I'm glad we did it because for a few reasons one is um because it would have been a little bit more in the sticks and Elena really did not 
transition here well already because it's she's used to the city and she wants stores and the things to do and people and the whatnot. And so the adjustment has been very hard for her. And then for me, the yard work has been insane, friend. I cannot tell you. We have like a half acre or maybe three quarters of an acre, our lot. And mowing the lawn is a thing. Like people take it serious here. People do their own, by and large, there's maybe some people that hire people to do it for them, but I haven't really seen it too much. Um, it's mainly like everybody does their own yard and takes great pride in the appearance of the yard. So it's like the keeping up with the Joneses of having your lawn perfectly manicured by you. Like, And that's coming from California, San Diego, that's less, much less the case. You know, there, there's not that emphasis on it. In fact, most of us are, you know, happy to outsource that stuff as quickly as possible. And then also just like San Diego was always in drought. So it's like, kill your grass, kill your lawn, be responsible. <laughs> just grow weeds, the natural, the natural landscape of Southern California, weeds and brush and, uh, you know, drought resistant plants or rocks. So we had rocks in our front yard and then we had a tiny patch of grass in the back and we had somebody that did it for us. You know, we had a guy who we'd been using for many, many years, Juan, and he was the man and, you know, I was happy to just support him and his family and let him do it because I had other things to do with life. But now it's like part of us moving and getting this big yard was so that I could get back outside and spend time in nature, so to speak. And we have that nature, and with that nature comes responsibility because because this thing happened the other day. So I had I got overwhelmed with the yards. It's, it's big, and this the wind here is crazy. It's freaking crazy. Like if you're not from this area, it's a, as I've explained, I'm not. It's almost incomprehensible. The wind is just like the weather changes so fast and it's so intense sometimes and coming from southern california where it's just basically always the same it's just crazy and so the wind particularly it's for me it's sometimes super scary it's just so strong and then but i was kind of like well all these trees have been are here they're mature trees so they must have withstood all this so i shouldn't worry so much and then one day, in the middle of the day, there wasn't hardly any wind or storm or anything. It was a beautiful day. All of a sudden, this one gust of wind just plows through the, the valley behind us, through the creek area, and blows, like explodes this tree <laughs> in half into our backyard. It was already in our backyard, but like, it, like the tree fell into our backyard. And... It was loud. It was like, crack! You know, Elena and I, I ran downstairs like, what the heck was that? And she's like, oh, my gosh, we see this tree. So it took me over a month. I broke a chainsaw in the process. I had to buy new chainsaws on my dipstick and didn't really read. And I figured how hard could it be to chainsaw a tree? Well, there's there's things you have to know. Bucking. Did you know, you know what bucking is? Well, I'll let you read the manual because something you should know about. And I read the manual with the second chainsaw that I bought. So that was like a hundred, almost $200 uh, lesson right there, you know. And um, I learned it. I learned it the hard way. So that's Ethan's school. I made it. Yay. 
All right. Well, there we go, friends. So I hope we enjoyed our time together. I don't know what the wrap-up is other than I hope you have a great day. It's been real. And uh, until next time, my friend. Wait, i got to make it. i got to be able to turn it off when I'm when I close out so it's all smooth and awesome. Until next time, my friend, be flowing. Well, thanks for listening to another episode. And if you would like to hear your commercial at the beginning or end of this podcast, go ahead and send me an email, winston at findyourflow.com, and I'll get back to you as quick as I can. Thanks for listening, friend. And until next time, be flowing.